0: This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 392.
1: One of the things that this generation in the workplace wants, they do not want to be micromanaged they want to be empowered to do their work
0: are you prepared to lead your organization business or team into the future with excellence do you have the ability to inspire equip empower and coach your people to develop them personally and professionally to perform more productively and be more engaged hi i'm jeff brown and this is the read to lead podcast the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth I started Read to Lead because I believe that if you want to achieve true success in your business and in your life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. I even wrote a book about it out now at readtoleadbook.com. The podcast is not only going to help you narrow your reading list, but bring you the key insights and main ideas from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors and their books. That author today is Roy Heinz. And he's written a book called Lead Like a Coach, a proven way to stimulate greater engagement and productivity. I'm going to be asking Roy to share what he's learned about what millennials are looking for in their work environment. We'll break down each letter of Roy's LEAD acronym, how education and training helps set apart companies like Chick-fil-A and Southwest and lots, lots more. Well, I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more medications my wife and I seem to require. That goes for my dogs, too, who themselves are getting up in years a bit. Well, Wouldn't it be nice if your prescription meds arrived on time every month neatly packaged at your doorstep? And wouldn't it be great if you were actually saving money for that convenience? Well, Scriptco is the first online pharmacy that puts the power of wholesale medicine and home delivery into your hands. The question I keep asking is why let insurance companies decide how much we pay? At Scriptco, they've cut out the middleman and put the power into your hands. They shop around for the absolute lowest price anywhere on the medicine you need without the insurance price hike, then they send the best deal to your door. With a Scriptco membership, you save big with access to wholesale prices on your generic medications. To see how much you can be saving, check out their free savings calculator at scriptco.com. That's s-c-r-i-p-t-c-o.com. And because you're a listener to this show, you can save even more. Get $25 off your initial membership with the code READ25. That's R-E-A-D-25. So to find out more about Scriptco, visit scriptco.com. And be sure to use the discount code READ 25 to save $25 off your initial membership. Roy Heintz is an author, professional speaker, and senior business executive in Atlanta, Georgia. He has been synonymous with championship success for over three decades as a basketball coach, business leader, and professional speaker for corporations, organizations, and professional and intercollegiate athletic teams across the nation and around the globe. His dynamic and entertaining speaking style matched with his inspirational teaching has made him a much sought after speaker. I hope to glean a few tips from him in the next few weeks and months. We'll see how that goes. Uh, His new book is called Lead Like a Coach, A Proven Way to Stimulate Greater Engagement and Productivity. Roy, I'm excited to have you here. Welcome officially to the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff. It's such an honor and a privilege as as a listener of the podcast. This is really a treat to have the opportunity to be on. So thank you.
0: You know, it's funny, uh, now that I've been doing this for over eight years, it's starting to become, I wouldn't say common, but it happens more often that someone who's on the show, has been listening for a while. That wasn't the case eight years ago or seven years ago or even four years ago, but it's more the case now. So I love I love finding that out. So thank you for sharing that. I want to give a hat tip here to our now mutual friend, Jamie Lutz, who was on the show uh, uh, a couple of months ago, for uh, introducing us. And, and I've, I'm so glad that he did. So Jamie, if you're listening, thank you for that uh, introduction. I was reading a stat, not from your book, but another book the other day that talked about millennials Uh, are going to make up about 75% of the workforce by 2025, 75% of the uh, the workforce. And as I read some of the stats shared early in your book with regard to millennials, I was immediately struck by what many say they are looking for in their work environment. What did your research lead you, Roy, to, to uncover there?
1: Well, I think the first thing is that the millennial generation has kind of been stereotyped Mm -hmm. And um, I think stereotyped inaccurately, what research has really shown is they really do care just as much as other generations about their work and the the feeling like they're going to be job hoppers and not good team members and, and good employees is totally inaccurate. That's the first thing. So they really do have a deep concern to contribute and do great work. But the three things that research shows us. Uh, First of all, Gallup and their research in 155 countries showed us that 85% of today's employees are disengaged. Mm -hmm. 67% of those uh, say they're disengaged, 18% actively disengaged. Wow. So that's a huge problem. But with the millennial generation, what research shows is they really want three things. They want to work for a company that is purpose or mission driven. Secondly, they desire to work for a company that, that prioritizes their personal and professional development. And thirdly, they do not want bosses. They want coaches. And, and as I explain in the book, in my opinion, what that means is they really want transformational leadership, not transactional leadership or transactional bosses.
0: You know, it was that second one that you mentioned that really caught my attention with regard to um, uh, personal or uh, yeah, personal and professional development and training, uh, because that's something I'm looking to to help companies more with in the future. So when I read that, my eyes kind of lit up. Oh, maybe, maybe there's an opportunity there uh, for what I'm uh, what I'm trying to the stories I'm trying to share and tell. And teach, Uh, well, lead in the title of Roy's book is an acronym. I love acronyms. Let's break this one down, Roy. Talk about vision and the importance of always communicating that vision to your team.
1: Right. The uh, the L in lead is to look ahead, to have vision, and Mm -hmm. I think that is a real necessity for any leader of any organization, corporation, team. Where are we going? You know, Jeff. We wouldn't get in a car and just. Mm turn it on and throw it into drive and just hope we end up somewhere that's beneficial and yet we don't see companies really making vision a high priority to the to that extent so it's very critical that the leadership establishes a vision of where they want to go, so that it creates a path that everybody understands this is the path from where we are now to where we want to go. And then it facilitates more of a plan that we can align our work towards. The other thing is it's important for the leader to personally share what their personal and professional vision is, but even more important for a leader to understand the vision that their people that they lead have, Mm. because... I think as a a sports coach understands is you really lead people differently. You lead based on their motivation and their vision. And so the same applies in the workplace where you have to understand where does this person wanna go? Because I'm going to lead and coach someone very differently. If they're an entry level employee that aspires to someday be a CEO, you can use that in equipping them and coaching them on a daily basis if someone doesn't have aspirations that large maybe rightfully so they just appreciate their job and want to earn a paycheck I'm going to lead them and coach them a little bit differently. So vision is highly critical in the workplace today. And I think that lends itself to the mission
0: and purpose of an organization that our millennial generation seeks. Mm. Early in my leadership journey and career, what I had modeled for me was command and control style leadership. And so for the better part of my 20s and the opportunities I had to lead, that's kind of how I led. And I led everybody the same way. It never occurred to me that I might nuance. I mean, first of all, command and control wasn't the way to go. That was problem number one. But it never occurred to me to uh, consider each individual differently and, and that leading them differently w- w- was necessary and critical to, to success. Well, the, the second letter in the acronym gets uh, into this idea of autonomy. What does, what does the E stand for?
1: The E stands for equip and empower. And one of the things I share with leaders is when was the last time you looked at your people's job descriptions? Was it the day that you were trying to plan for the interview to (laughs) fill that void? And when have you gone back to it? I think many times in our workplace, our people really have never been equipped and trained and taught uh the skills that are needed within their job responsibilities so let's lay those job responsibilities out let's make sure our people know how to do it again lead like a coach my career as a basketball coach, you would never just send the players out and and even send them out knowing the plays or the defenses. There are intricacies within that. If I'm going to ask a basketball player to set a pick or a screen, I'm going to have to talk about and teach screening angle because where I set that screen is going to be vital to the play. Well, in the workplace, it's the same thing, Jeff. We've got to make sure that it's just not here's your responsibilities, get out. After it, Good luck. I hope you do a great <laughs> job. But to achieve a level of excellence in our work, we've got to really equip our people when we do that fully. And, and by the way, that will help us as a leader understand voids in skill so that we can then make sure we're pushing resources and skill development so that they can fully do their job with excellence. But once we do that and our people understand our expectations and what that looks like and feels like on a daily basis, now we can empower them. One of the things that this generation in the workplace wants, they do not want to be micromanaged. They want to be empowered to do their work. And so that allows our people to be empowered to work and it allows us not to micromanage, but to lead and coach them.
0: You mention in the book some companies that you admire, uh, Chick-fil-A and, and Southwest among them. Uh, they seem to prioritize that thing we talked about earlier, education and, and training. How does this help set them apart, would you say, from, from their competitors, in addition to the fact that that's probably going to attract a lot of millennials like we talked about?
1: Absolutely. It does. And um, both of those companies that you mentioned aren't feeling the effects of the employee shortage because Mm. people want to work for them. To your point, education and training is vital. Again, what do our people want? They want to grow and develop they want to grow and develop so they truly want that kind of education and training i think one of the things that's very interesting is back in 2019 chick-fil-a built at their headquarters here in atlanta in one of their training centers they built a drive-through experience so that they can improve and grow to and maintain that level of excellence that they've had why was that an unbelievably great decision because the pandemic hit and suddenly their dining rooms were closed Mm. and we know how vital that training and education, the improvements, the innovation that came into that became critical because we see Chick-fil-A's around the country and I travel around the country. Their drive-through lines are packed with people, but they're moving and they're efficient and their service quality has not dropped off a bit And yet we go to other competitive restaurants, and I use that term competitive loosely, because (laughs) we know how dominant Chick-fil-A has been. But you see uh, signs that say, be patient with us. We're understaffed. People love working for Chick-fil-A because they're growing and developing themselves, but then that training and education has produced quality and excellence and service. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for Southwest Airlines. They're doing the same thing. They are the predominant uh, airline that I fly, but as I fly other airlines and hear of other experiences, you really, truly see the difference.
0: Uh, this is probably as good a time as any for me to uh, include a shameless plug uh, since we're talking about Chick-fil-A, and that's that uh, Mark Miller, Vice President of High Performance Leadership, endorsed my book, which you can get now at ReadToLeadBook.com. Enough about that. Okay, back to back to Roy. Um, talk about your uh, quarterly staff retreats and and why, I thought this was fun, you refuse to call them retreats.
1: So I was a college basketball coach for over a quarter century, and the founder and owner of our company felt led to hire a coach to help lead it. Yeah. And as we began to, and, and he and I did not know of each other, we had a mutual friend But as I came up to Atlanta to meet with him and try to understand what he was looking for uh, in this unique leadership position, one of the things I did point out is the, the need, the priority for education and training. And I asked him if they were willing to make an investment quarterly to bring all of our staff in from around the country to Atlanta, to our headquarters, to educate and train them on a quarterly basis. He agreed to that, and he has been true to his word for five years. He's, he's provided the resource and funded that. Um, I don't call it a retreat. And I get it. I was an assistant coach at Florida State University for a great leader who has built a, a nationally renowned program there, Sue Semrell. And we're going to have a staff retreat, but I don't call it a staff retreat. I call it a staff advance because we never want to retreat. We always want to be advancing. And so from that point on, I've always called everywhere I've led and had staff advances. We call it that, not staff retreat. So
0: love it. Well, let's get to the next letter in the acronym. The A in LEAD then refers to, to what exactly?
1: It, it refers to action and accountability. So we, we've talked about the L, looking ahead, establishing a vision. Then we talk about equipping and empowering our people. But when they're fully empowered and equipped and empowered, and now they're working towards excellence, we can A, let them take action. Let them be empowered, and do their work with excellence. But then the accountability aspect comes into, I believe we've got to create scorecards or scoreboards, measurable data that is job-related that we can gauge how our people are doing on a daily basis. And it allows us as leaders to lead them more effectively and to coach them based on actual numbers and actual performance data. Mm. John Maxwell says doing business without a scoreboard is like bowling without pins. And I couldn't agree more wholeheartedly. Mm. And so within our company, with my direct reports, We have created a scorecard. So what we've done, Jeff, is we've taken their job responsibilities and we've created on the scorecard those responsibilities. And then on a daily basis, they record what they've done in those areas of responsibility and the time that they've allotted towards that work. Hmm. And then they send it to me at the end of each day. It allows me to start my next morning by looking at their scorecards. And then when I I get either go to their office and meet with them or get on the phone, because some people would say, well, I have people that work all over the world. I do too. I have one of my direct reports is a thousand miles away, Mm -hmm. another that's over 500 miles away. It allows me to stay more connected to their work. That's really a key component with now remote work uh, Mm -hmm. with companies, some not returning to the office. It allows me to be much more connected to the specifics of what's going on in their area. And then it also allows me to lead them and coach them in how they're prioritizing their time and allotting their time on a daily basis. And it just helps us to improve what we're doing and how we're doing it on a daily basis. So that's where the accountability comes into actual performance measurables. And then it allows me to coach them much more effectively, not on opinion of, I think you've done a good job today, Mm. but wow, I have to recognize this because we know how important recognition is. It allows me to, within a 24-hour period, say, wow, I am really excited about this job that you sold. And it really has enhanced. We have seen record sales numbers in the last three years, and I attribute it directly to the scorecard effect that we're using.
0: Mm, that's one of the things I liked about the book is you share some of those specific examples and uh, a couple of uh, recent hires who set you know, lofty million-dollar-a-year-type sales goals and hit those goals and beyond using some of these uh, techniques i think that's great well that brings us to the d develop a dynasty we all know what uh, dynasty is in the context of of sports uh, new england patriots a team i love to hate uh, well you still love to hate uh, maybe it's the tampa bay buccaneers i don't like now maybe it's just tom brady i don't like no i'm just kidding uh, tom's a good guy i like tom uh, what does a dynasty in the business world look like
1: We we all kind of have a little bit of ill will towards those winners that just they all they do is they win championships, Um, and especially being here in Atlanta, excited that we were going to win our first Super Bowl, and then Tom Tom brought them back to beat the Falcons, but. It, I define a dynasty as a organization or company or athletic team that sustains excellence over a long period of time having a a solid record setting year every once in a while is good but I want to sustain excellence year in and year out to be to be known for that and I think a dynasty whether it be in business or sports First of all, there are strong relationships built within that that leads to relational trust and psychological safety so that as we collaborate and work together, I know that I'm open to, to full collaboration, knowing that we're all pulling in the same direction, which goes to the vision, that we mm-hmm. have a clearly communicated vision that is regularly and clearly communicated and cascaded down throughout the organization from the leader. And then we have a strong culture, a culture I define as the behaviors and actions within an organization on a daily basis. How do we act and how do we behave? What is acceptable and what is not acceptable? And that culture becomes strong And then by all those factors coming in, we begin to sustain excellence year in and year out. And then what happens is because of the leadership style that I've shared in the book, we have now raised up leaders by empowering them Mm. and not micromanaging them. We've created leaders from entry level employees all the way up. And by creating leaders within the organization, now we're not led just from the top but from within. So Jeff, if you and I are coworkers and you're a new coworker that comes into our our department and you begin to do something that's out of the norm and not acceptable, it doesn't take our supervisor to come in and intervene. I'm gonna look into you and say, hey Jeff, listen, I noticed you did it this way or you did this. This was your behavior or actions in this case. Hmm. That's not how we do it here. And in dynasties, you hear that phrase an awful lot. That is not how we do it here. Hmm. And it also it allows for collaboration in the recruiting and the hiring process as well to make sure as we're recruiting and hiring you have enough people across the spectrum involved in that process to ensure that you're bringing the right people in as well.
0: Hmm. What questions have I not asked you about the book that you wished I I would have. Anything come to mind that I haven't covered from the book that you want to make sure that we know or walk away with?
1: Well, I I appreciate that question. I I think the only thing, Jeff, is I've gotten two types of responses to the book. I Mm. have sports-minded people or people that at least understand sports that would say, well, sure, absolutely. Wow, I can... I can see that now. I can see how this works in business and in other organizations. And you're right. Boy, that, that is great. We need to move more towards that. And I've seen some multi-million dollar companies since the books come out. Their C-suite executives have, have purchased it and they're working their way through it. Their senior leadership. And I'm excited by mm-hmm. that. And then there's another camp of people that, that kind of look at you and go, "Oh, OK, all right. <laughs> and I would acknowledge this isn't rocket science. But if if leaders and organizations were doing this, we wouldn't see historically negative disengagement that Mm. we're experiencing. And so my hope is that people would not get the book just for buying the book's sake. But to really begin to understand the premise of this, the relationships that need to be built, you and I both shared before the call about our command and and control style of leadership when we were younger. But both of us have adapted and changed because we understand the importance of relational uh, leadership and relational trust and how that lends itself to transformational leadership. So I would just say, I would encourage people to really consider this. That's my heart, is that leaders would consider how they might be able to adopt And adapt within
0: their organization these principles. Mm. Sometimes there's value in looking at your team and saying, folks, this is a football, right? Exactly. (laughs) Starting with the basics. Yeah. Well, I like your definition of a coach uh, from the book, and I'm quoting here it's someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, who has you see what you don't want to see, so you can be who you've always known you could be. I think a book is kind of like a coach uh, in that sense. And I'm going to go out on a limb and ask you to share a bit about your history with reading and the impact books have had on your life.
1: Reading has changed my life. Mm. I was not a good reader when I was younger. I wasn't skillful in that regard. And reading is very much like that. Whether it's learning the piano, learning to play tennis, you have to learn how to read. That's why I'm excited about your book, because you you help equip people to be better readers and and to retain and use reading. Mm. And that's what's happened to me. In school, obviously, you do that. But after college, I read a little bit. And it was just things that came across that I was interested in, or maybe somebody said you ought to read. But I was reading a little bit. And then um, I worked with the Orlando Magic back from 1993 to the year 2000. And one of your very early guests was the senior vice president of the Magic, Pat Williams. Pat, uh, as he shared on your show, is an author of 50 or 60 books but a voracious reader. And Mm. he issued a reading challenge that I took to heart. um, And that was to read at least an hour a day from a book not the newspaper, not your Bible, not magazines, but from a book. And I just took that challenge. And and I was inspired because Pat said, and he's so enthusiastic as he speaks, and Mm -hmm. he was uh, as a guest on your show. And he was like the wisdom and the knowledge that you'll gain. And then research shows if you read five books from in in any one category, you're considered a world authority. And Mm. I have noticed over the last decade probably jeff and, and i have i've i've taken that challenge and it's been great to me i read about 50 to 70 books a year um, and and by the way a lot of people in my professional speaking will ask me for book recommendations if people would just go to my website which is RoySpeaks.net. I have a link on there that mm. is for Roy's library. I probably have 400 titles, and the last couple of years, I've put a brief description in there. So if somebody's looking for a book about culture, or looking for a book on how can I make reading a habit, and it mm. would say "Read to Lead" by Jeff Brown and Jesse Wisniewski. But what I've found over the last decade, Jeff, is how almost every conversation I'm catching myself saying, you know, I was reading this book. And this is what came out. And so going back to that quote about being a coach, books are my mentor. Books are my teacher. Books are my coach. I can learn from other people's mistakes that they share in their books. And so reading is very, very important. I read at least 45 minutes to an hour every morning. And that's what Mm -hmm. I call my learning. Those Mm -hmm. are books that I'm highlighting. I'm taking notes. I'm saying, how can I apply this to my career or my life? And then in the evening, those are more biographical books or historical books. One of the books I read that I love from Sean Stevenson was called Sleep Smarter. Mm. And one of the things he talks about is to disengage your brain from your life. And you can do that by reading biographies or historical books. And it mm. really helps you have a better night's sleep. So I try to shift my reading. I'm not a big fiction reader mm. so my my disengage my brain from my day comes from biographical and historical stuff so I'm a passionate reader reading has changed my life mm. and I hope someone that might be listening to this that is not a passionate reader would begin to take that challenge themselves to just try it and Pat was very clear it doesn't have to be 60 minutes at a time it could be 2 30s 4 15s. Six tens, ten sixes. Hmm. Carry a book with you all the time. Your book, my book, are sized enough that we can throw it into a backpack. Mm. I read a a fourteen hundred page biography. I couldn't even take that on the plane. Delta, I think, <laughs> charged me seventy five dollars to bring it on a plane. <laughs> so you can't carry a book like that. But you and I were intentional to to have books that we can throw in a briefcase, a backpack, or a purse. Mm carry books with you all the time Mm. you
0: know biographies one of my favorite genres of books but i had never thought about or or read about or heard about reading those in the evening to disengage from your own life to help help with sleep so i'm going to give that a try give that some serious thought well what's what's ahead for you and your team now that the book is out that you're excited about and able to share anything uh any plans in the near future that uh, you want to let us know about
1: well, thank you. Yes. You know, we've since the books come out, obviously we're doing a lot of book promotion. And mm-hmm. and my hope is that that companies and organizations are going to use it to change their leadership style. And then eventually we're going to be offering an online class, a class that can help leaders learn that directly. And then I'd like to see that develop into mastermind groups as well, where we can be live and mm. relatable to our different professions and how we're using it. Uh, but but I really don't want to get spread out so thin that we're not being fully effective. So the idea was to launch the book, getting getting it into as many hands as possible, and then offer the classes and then the mastermind group. So mm. um, I'm really excited about the reaction to it and hope that that continues to not only. Sustain, but grow
0: in the weeks and months ahead. Well, that book again is called Lead Like a Coach, a proven way to stimulate greater engagement and productivity. His name is Roy Heinz. Roy, thank you so much for being here and uh, sharing your expertise and all your wonderful experiences with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff. Again, it's been a real honor and privilege. <laughs>
0: Hey, for more on how to connect with Roy on social media and where to find him online, visit the show notes page for this episode. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 392 for episode 392. And don't forget to check out the free savings calculator at scriptco.com to see how much you could be saving on your prescription drugs. That's S-C-R-I-P-T-C-O dot com, scriptco.com, and use the discount code read. 25 to get 25 dollars off your initial membership that's r-e-a-d Hey, it's the end of the show, but you're still here. And I want to reward you for that dedication, especially if you've ever thought about writing a book as I just recently did and published it just a couple of months ago. I've had a lot of people recently ask me about that process. So I've teamed up with my friend Chandler Bolt, who has helped thousands of people publish their own books in 90 days. And he and I later today, October the 12th, the day this episode is being published, are co-hosting a webinar at 4 p.m. Eastern time where Chandler is going to take an hour and teach you everything he knows about writing and publishing your book in three months. And even if you can't attend the training live, register for it anyway so you can get access to the replay. And oh, by the way, when you register, you get a free copy of Chandler's best-selling book called Published. You can get signed up right now when you go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash book webinar. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash book webinar. Again, if you cannot attend live later today, October the 12th at 4 p.m. Eastern, register so you can get access to the replay and get a copy of Chandler's book. Think about it like this. Three months from now, 90 days, roughly January 11th, you could be publishing your book. That's not that far away. It happens to be my birthday, so it's kind of cool for that reason. But it could also be the day your book is published and sent out to the world. Hope to see you at the training again, readtoleadpodcast.com slash book webinar. Hey, thanks for joining me this week. I'm so glad you're here. That's going to do it for this week. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, as always, remember leaders read and readers lead.